get ready for Mental Flock with Jeff and Bishop. Grab your snacks. It's about to get real. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Rise of AJ. The time has come. Before this, you heard The Rise of Ariel. Now we are doing AJ's Rise story. It is the last Rise story in the Phoenix Rising season. Right after this episode, we are wrapping up the season with all four of us answering some listener questions. We have uh, hit up the instant messenger, the text messages, the facey books, and we actually got a couple questions, which is good news. So, without further ado, I am Bishop. To my right, I have... Jeff! And Jeff, who is the lovely person sitting next to you? Uh, This is my fiancé, Celeste. Nice. Celeste is joining us for this session to record with. And then we have... Ariel! That's right, Ariel's here. We have all four of us who have told our stories on this episode, which brings us to... The one and only AJ. Yeah! <laughs> so coming to you from Jeff's house, who's so gracious to let us take over today because uh, it's just a little bit more roomy than my daughter's bedroom for four of us. Coming to you from uh, the now Pornhub-free Utah. <laughs> Thank and you, now politicians. I a, now I get a look at Bishop, a skeleton, and a frog. <laughs> I think there's a cat behind me, too, possibly. Somewhere. I'm at Jeff's house, and I'm drinking out of a penguin. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jeff, what card do you have for us today, sir? So I have pulled the Page of Swords reversed. What does that mean? Basically, the Page of Swords reversed is somebody who's a complete fucking idiot and is arrogant. And well, they're they're kind of they're kind of proud about the fact that they're that they're ignorant, and they have a very narrow world view, and they're going to force that down everybody's throat. So how this ties into the story? It sounds like all the people that are against me, that don't want me to change, that want me to be who they want me to be instead of who I want to be. Wow. So this could this could be the energy that you're up against. It definitely is. So sounds we'll, like it. Well, we'll have to hear your story and and see how this ties in. All right, guys. So we're uh, we're gonna try to make the rise story shorter shorter than the fall story. We we had that conversation, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this time we plan on being more interactive unless AJ makes all of our fucking jaws drop again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it. So when we last left off, uh, AJ, you were in a world of hurt, and uh, you were just kind of making your way through life, and it seemed like you were spinning into one beautiful disaster after another. I did. Uh, I was just not sure where I was going. It was Christmas time, New Year's Eve, and I was just at a complete and total loss. The year before, I had a house. I had my family. I had everything. The next year, I'm living at my mother's house with my ex-wife. And my kids, and I just don't know where the hell I am going in life. I'm not happy. I'm totally confused on who and what I am. And then a friend of mine, I started getting all kinds of friends coming at me saying, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, because they started getting worried about me because I started to get different. I don't know if that explains it, but different. And a friend of mine said, go listen to this song. Because it's going to make you feel a lot better. And I tell you what, when I listened to this song, it completely saved my life. I listened to this song over and over for like the next three weeks. Pentatonics, hallelujah. If you've ever heard that song, it's just so powerful. It's, it builds you up and makes you feel a lot better. I've definitely heard that song. I'm more of a Puddles Pity Party version of that song, though. It's the big, giant guy who dresses up like a clown for whatever reason. Gorgeous voice, though. Yes. But it's such a powerful song. No matter who sings it, it's just the words to it just totally moves you. Mm-hmm. And then I heard another song on the radio that my ex-wife actually told me about. and It was another one that kind of saved my life, and it was... For King and Country, um, God Only Knows. And it pretty much says, God only knows what you're going through. God only knows where you've been. God only knows what you're doing. Nobody else can judge you because God God knows what you're doing. God knows who you are. Um, And then 
I just started meeting these people on Facebook and one in particular, she's around in a whole bunch of groups. She started asking me a bunch of questions and come to find out, she had me take this test and it was a 17 question test and I answered the right, the way, 15 out of 17 questions, come to find out I'm an empath. I had no idea what that was. Nobody had ever explained to me what an empath was. But then I started learning into it and I'm like, holy crap. This kind of stuff makes complete sense of my life. You know, my mom would always tell me I was broken. Well, I'm not broken, I'm different. I think differently, I act differently. I have different feelings than most people. And now I was on a way to learn what being an empath actually was and how they operate. And then February, early February of 2020 happened. I was at work and I ran over to Maverick and grabbed me some coffee, came back out of Maverick, slipped on the slipped on the ice and hit my head. Well, me being the hard-headed son of a bitch that I am, I got back in my truck and kept driving. I went and did my rounds, came back to Maverick, went in, grabbed some coffee again, and slipped on the ice and hit my head the second time. I didn't learn the first time. I had to learn the second time. You and gravity are not friends, <laughs> man. <laughs> no, we are not. And I got a really bad brain bleed, and I was off of work for a month. And Ariel almost spit out her water at that. <laughs> I did. I did. It just opened my eyes to learning more about who I was because I got a knock on the head. You know, they say you need an eye-opening experience. Well, I got a head-knocking experience to finally see that what I want in life and what I have in life are completely different things and at the time I was seeing this girl and we weren't didn't exactly say we were exclusive but we would see each other for a couple of days and then we wouldn't talk for a week then see each other for a couple of days and we wouldn't talk for a week and every time that we came back she goes oh I'm sorry I was in a dark place oh I'm sorry I was in a dark place and the more and more I heard that the more and more it irritated the hell out of me and I'm like, this is not how I want to live my life. I've been so negative. I've been so in a dark place. And I disappear from people for a while and then come back. This is not the way I want to live. And then I met my wife. And she, I almost said no to my wife. I almost swiped left instead of swipe right. But something about her told me to swipe right. And I swiped right and... The other girl that I hadn't talked to, we didn't talk for about a month until I actually posted on Facebook that me and my wife were exclusive. It's not official until it's Facebook official. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> but once I explained to her, or once I posted on Facebook, she come at me and goes, well, I've been in, dark, in a dark place, and I, I, I just couldn't talk to you, and COVID, and this and that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just can't live that life anymore. I can't be part of that life. I can't be part of your negative thinking and your negative thoughts. And I've got to be a more positive person myself. And I'm going to go on with this relationship that I have here instead of continuing with you because it just doesn't feel good to me. And it was right around this time that I finally... I was getting into other groups, checking out other things, and I opened up my own group. And it was fun, and I still have this group, but it's not a very active group, but it was all about positivity, uh, finding positive outlooks and learning positive things and everybody posting positive instead of negative. And if you needed help, if you needed questions asked, just Put them out there and somebody will be there to help. Somebody will be there to 
builds you up. Uh, it was called Positive Vibes and a Helping Hand. So, it's still out there, but... And then... We're being joined by a cat today. Meow. <laughs> and then, as I was going along and meeting a bunch of new people, I met some really interesting people that have helped me through a lot of things with being an empath. And I don't know if I should say their name, but their name is Jack and Tiff. Jack is a trans man. You, I wouldn't have known it until I talked to him and found out that he was a, a trans man because he doesn't look like a woman at all. And him and Tiff are married, and they are so into being empaths and their own business and coaching and stuff like that that they I didn't hire them to be coached but I've listened to them so much and gone through so many of their workshops and they have helped me figure out who I am tremendously around this time also I keep skipping sorry uh around this time also I was really not just into those kind of groups. I was into politics really bad. And it was during the election of this last presidential election. And me and my daughter got in a huge, huge knockdown, drag out fight because of politics. And I decided right then and there, it wasn't worth it. I can't do politics. It's just getting me angry, and it's leading me back to where I don't want to be. And so I just completely cut myself off from any pol any political view or the presidential race. Anybody who talks politics, I just don't want to hear it anymore because it's everybody has their own opinion, and nobody agrees with each other's opinions. Probably the least political person you would ever run across because I just really don't follow much of it because... I, I don't have that much influence on it, and I have so many more things that are important in my life than devoting my time to following the political system. And that's where I'm getting to because, where I was getting to because, you know, you have people that are so far right, like Sean Hannity and all these others that don't want to listen to anybody because they're right, nobody else is, everybody else is wrong. And then you have all these people on the left that they're the exact same way. And it doesn't, everybody's right, everybody's wrong, everybody has their own opinion. Opinions are like assholes, they all stink, you know? Um, so I just kind of quit following the presidential race, I quit following politics, and as I was watching the news, the news, I started figuring, figuring out, the news is just propaganda. They just want to tell you what they want to want you to hear. They're not telling you what the real news is. Mm -hmm. And I started to quit watching the news because, it, again, that was making me angry. And I just felt so much better about myself by walking away from watching Fox 13 News every night at 9, 9 p.m., you know, or this one or that one. I just... When my daughter argued that she got her polit political news off of TikTok, I'm like, oh my gosh. The news, every news is just ridiculous now, you know? And then I started finding these videos by one person, and I kept watching these videos, and they were absolutely amazing. The way he put them together, Jay Shetty. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> Uh, just listening to his calming voice, the way he thinks about life, he was a, he gave up a great job to become a monk for a couple of years. And just being able to do that, that type of thing for himself, it made me appreciate that much more who he was. There were so many of them that started popping up and the one that I've liked for years, but I've never really paid attention to much was Tony Robbins and just the way Tony Robbins thinks, the way he operates. He's arrogant, but he's not 
but he knows what he's talking about. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, there's so many of them, like Mel Robbins, that popped up, and I started listening mm-hmm. to listening to her books mm-hmm. and the five second rule and learning all about different phases of how to fix your life. And one that you talk about a lot is Gary John Bishop. You know, I stumbled upon Unfuck Yourself. Didn't really know what it was. I listened to it the first time and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And I didn't really pay attention to it much when I listened to it because I didn't know who he was because I'd never seen anything else from him. And then this ex-football player starts popping up and I'm like, this is, he's got long hair, he's really weird, Trent Shelton, who is this guy? And the more I listened to him, the more I was fascinated by him. And the one thing that he would always say, he still says it to this day is, don't be like me. Don't be like that next person over there. Be yourself, be who you wanna be. Because what you are is who you are. Follow your own dreams, your own path, be yourself and give it to God. Now, I'm not much of a God-thumping, Bible-thumping person, but God came into my life, and I'm like, I had to embrace it because God has gotten me to where I am now. Without Him, without believing in a higher power, I've gone through the 12 steps before and not understood it, but now having a higher power, I understand it. I mean, God isn't exactly a person. God is... That sunset you see, the mountain range you see, the storm you see, God protects you. He gives you lessons, and it's just absolutely amazing learning that and believe, starting to believe in that. And it's the positive feelings coming back from it. You guys are leaving me hanging again. No, no <laughs> I'm trying not to be rude and interrupt because I'm like, yes, preach, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> And then I was going camping with a really good friend of mine and his family a lot and hanging around with a couple other friends that I've hung around with for 20-some-odd years. Jen, my wife, had met met them, and she was hanging around with them, and she goes, these guys just aren't good people. I don't know what you see in them, but they aren't good people. They control you. They tell you what to do. And the more she told me this, the more I opened my eyes and realized I can't be who I want to be because they want me to be like them. I can definitely relate to that. There's a lot of people that were not necessarily bad people along my rise, but there were people who behaved in or were just, you know, set in different behaviors or beliefs that weren't beneficial to who I wanted to become as a person. Exactly. So it's not like they were evil people. They just didn't fit with who I was becoming. Yeah, and you have to, I mean, who you surround yourself with is essentially who you become. Like, one of the greatest questions, I think maybe it was Tony Robbins, uh, that said, like, you know, the you are the sum of the five closest people in your life. Yes. So if you want to better yourself, hang out with people who are doing great shit. Yeah, from, who are also working on themselves, you know? I mean, from I, TED Talks to cat videos, you are what you take in. Exactly, exactly. It's just like the conversation we were having earlier, you know? Like, the re- and I love what you said about the news being propaganda. And you know what? Your daughter's not wrong for getting her information off TikTok because TikTok's not controlled by the government. Yet. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. Well, the, <laughs> they already took porn up. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about, like, the, the news and corporate news and things like that in, in general is that um, this is, it, it is an addiction. Um, it is social media and, you know, we're talking about TikTok and things like that. Like, yeah, there is a degree of control here because these things are designed to, to trick the pleasure centers of your brains mm-hmm. and to trick that reward center of your brain. And with politics, uh, the reason why it's so divisive, um, these days is because they're learning more about how to activate those pleasure centers of people's brains. Your pleasure centers are going to be activated by what is familiar. So it's not information, it's affirmation that people are being given. And when they're being given affirmation of something that they already believe or an idea that they're leaning more towards, then it tricks, then it releases the dopamine in the brain and it tricks those, tricks those pleasure centers. So it is a thing of like, yeah, like these 
well, the terms that I've heard used for it is like an outrage addiction when it comes when it comes to politics because it is in fact an addiction. It is a you watch something, it affirms the beliefs that somebody already has or like it furthers their beliefs. It activates that dopamine in the brain and they keep coming back for more. And you know, they'll watch something, it gets gets them it gets them worked up. It gets the it gets them angry, you know, like this this group over here, they're the cause of all the problems mm-hmm. in the world or whatnot. And the more that they're watching that, the more that they're consuming it, it it's it is in fact an addiction. So yeah, being able to walk away from that, being able to like just turn off the news, being able to like I you know, I, I advocate everybody like try to like take social media breaks. Now and again, you'll be surprised, like, what kind of perspective, you know, you get in your life when you're not constantly doom scrolling. Yeah. But, yeah, like, being able to just, it it does, it is a ball and chain. And being able to, like, walk away from that every now and again. Turn off the news. And it it started making me think like like back when I left the church. You know, I don't need to go to church every Sunday for them to tell me what they want me to believe, what... They think I should believe what I know what I believe. I know what I feel. I know what I think. I don't need politicians or people on the left, people on the right to tell me how how to think or what to think. I believe what I believe and think what I I think. Now, if I post a meme, I'm going to post, piss off the left. I know I'm going to piss off the right. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care because I love pissing people off. You know, people get so butthurt about stupidest (laughs) little things. That they don't need to get butt hurt over, you know. This whole Bud Light thing is just absolutely, oh my gosh, I can't even begin to think of that. One, well, I wanted to point. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. I do want to. It's kind of like what we were talking about. What you focus on, you create more of. So what they're doing, it the. With all the propaganda, they're getting us to focus on all the terrible shit that's happening. And they're using fear to control us. And it is a chemical reaction in our brain. It's a neural pathway that we can create, right? So the more that that pathway, the more shit that we're being told, like, the world sucks, it's on fire, blah, 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 the more you're going to believe that. But if you start opening your mind to other beliefs, taking them for a ride, let's take them on a spin, Let's just see. We don't have to like <laughs> stick with it if you don't like it. Well, you know? it's like when we uh, kept getting all those news reports about the unidentified objects that were shot down. Like everybody else on the internet's like, all right, what are we not supposed to be paying attention to right now? Because that took over news everywhere. Exactly. Don't trust the government. What <laughs> the police? So it was just finding. It was I let go of some really, really long friendships that I've had since I was 16, 17 years old. And it wasn't easy because I'm so used to be having them in my life and running to them and talking to them. But I had to find new friends. And that's where I reached out into some of these groups that I'm in on Facebook. And I made pretty good friends. Yeah, they're not friends that I know in real life, but they're people that I can talk to, people that don't judge me, people that don't think that they can control me and tell me what to do and stuff like that, you know? And I want to go back to something my brother said before I met my wife. And sorry, I know I jumped back again, but my brother told me something before. It was about two months before I met my wife. It was something really small, and he 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 remembers saying it, but it's not as big to him as it is to me. But what he said was, with all the cheating that I was doing, with all the sleeping around that I was doing, he goes, you know, if all you want to do is sleep around, if all you want to do is go from one woman to another woman to another woman, don't get in a relationship. Just screw around and not care. Coming from my brother, who is younger than me, but I've always looked up to, was absolutely... The way my brother thinks of this of me, it just blew my mind away. And it made me think, I can't live my life like this anymore. And I realized patterns of what I did in relationships. I would get into a relationship and I would have somebody on the side just to make sure, you know, a backup. Or I would find 
I'm in that relationship and find a back door out. You know, this girl that I was seeing, she's always on the dark side of this. That's my back door out. You know, I would have this girlfriend here or this wife here and I would have somebody over here on the side just in case, you know? Yeah, you had a safety. Yeah. You had a reason and an ability to self-sabotage your relationship if things got too real. And it made me, when my brother said that, I'm like, okay, I've got to rethink how I look at relationships. And when I met my wife, she was completely different than what I'm used to. You put out what you get back, the law of Love the law of attraction. Oh, 100%. That's why I was like the self professed carnival king of red flags for a while. Yes. Carnival. You know. It's not. <laughs> it's a bad ride. I want off. Bad trip. Go the other way. I, I was putting out that I'm a cheater and getting all these women that were just sluts. You know, the ones that just, that's all they wanted to do too. Uh, and it, it just was getting me nowhere. And. When I met my wife, she was totally something that I was not expecting. First of all, she was so from somewhere where I kept saying no. I would swipe left every time. But then for some reason, just who she was, I swiped right, and that's where I lived now. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> exactly. Um, but now jumping back again... Uh, the one thing that Scott, my best friend, had taught me over the years was forgiveness and letting go. You know, my father did what he did. He's not around. Forgive and move on. But not only was there forgiving and letting go of all the things that I needed to let go of, uh, there was also learning myself self-worth and learning how to love me because as Scott would tell me all the time if no if if I don't love me then there's nobody else that's gonna love me if I don't accept me then nobody else is gonna accept me if I don't believe in myself nobody else is gonna believe in yourself self-love was the biggest part of my rise Learning to actually love myself and accept myself and care about me was life-changing. There's this really common saying that I fucking hate. And it's someday somebody will come along and hug you so tight that all the broken pieces will fit back together again. And I hate that because if somebody else is pivotal in holding you together, if they walk away, you're more often worse off than you were beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need any external thing to put you back together. Also, being broken is like the whole point of life. We don't need to be fucking fixed. Let life break us open. Yeah. <laughs> be broken. It's fine, okay? It's how you experience things. I have a lot to say. I have. <laughs> well, and I've always been so closed off that, like I was telling you earlier, I don't know how to cry. I don't know how to express myself because nobody ever wanted to hear it nobody ever wanted to know about it so i just kept it all to myself and it comes out as anger it comes out as anxiety it comes out as irritable irritation in, with my kids with my family you know we uh we just got to figure out how to remove that emotional butt plug man <laughs> well, it's, it's, un it's uncovering the emotion that's underneath the anger Right, because they're in it's typically hurt, right? It goes all back to like we were hurt as kids, and you know, we just didn't know how to express ourselves because we were children and don't know emotional regulations, and so that's why, it, like, it you know, we label it as anger, but it's not anger, it's hurt, it's being misunderstood and not seen, not feeling seen, not feeling safe. Well, and that's the one thing that I've learned in being in therapy was I may have not always had anger issues or being an angry person or being that, I don't know. It's more anxiety because I want people to understand me, but they won't understand me. I want people to listen to me, but nobody will listen to me. And the more I scream out for myself, the more anger it comes out of it. So 
if I if they're not listening to me, I'm just getting agitated and I'm getting that anxiety is just building and building and building that it just blows up, you know? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Um and that's how I never knew how to express myself because nobody wanted to hear it. But if I didn't talk, then nobody wanted everybody wanted to know. But once I spoke, if it wasn't what they wanted to hear, then I wasn't right. And I've learned now to set I'm learning still to set boundaries at this past Christmas time. I saw my mom for Christmas and that was the last time I've spoken to her except for one small time. But I've set boundaries with my mom and told her, I can't, if you're going to think of me as broken, if you're going to think of me as what you've always saw me as, as somebody who has issues and that I was the bad person, I don't need to have you in my life because you're nothing but tearing me down. And this is my own mother. I got lucky because my my real parents, I never got along with them, but I have my st- uh, new parents that love me regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. They accept me for me. They don't judge me. They know I'm going to make mistakes, and they accept me for me. And that's the type of people I needed in my life. And... In March of last year, I lost my best friend. Scott, the guy who it was in that room when I walked into that room that night, Thanksgiving in 94. He was there at my wedding. And then he wasn't. He COVID got him and he spent 103 days in the hospital. And it finally took him and I didn't have him to fall back on anymore I didn't have him to tell me to believe in who I was I didn't have him as my crutch anymore and I had to learn how to do this on my own and to coffee (laughs) I will be here for you (laughs) right the cat loves me (laughs) but he wasn't he wasn't there anymore and all the stuff that he's taught me over the years, I've had to take myself and I've wanted to take it and help other people with what he's taught me. Because he, he was such an amazing person. He could dig into somebody and tell them there's something wrong. And he could, he, I don't know, he just was, I can't explain it. He was just an amazing person. And since he's been gone, I've changed who I want. I want to continue what he's done and I've learned how to do that, but it's still a learning process because I, somebody could say something to me and I will just beat my, beat the, beat the hell out of myself and not believe in myself and other people have to build me back up. But I have to be the one that puts that stake in the ground and says, I'm building myself up again. Other people's opinions of us aren't our business. Uh-huh. Now, Preach. feedback, yeah, sometimes it's negative feedback, but feedback has its purpose, but you also have to consider the source. And you have to honestly consider the source because if you live life going, well, they said negative things about me, they're an asshole, then you might actually be the asshole. You have to take things with a grain of salt, but you have to ponder what's given to you. Yeah. And that's just where I'm at now. Uh, You know, Jeff, I think you said it in yours, was that we are still working on ourselves. We're going to have good days and bad days. We're not perfect. Yeah. We are going to fall, but we just get back up again. We don't completely crumble to the ground we get back up and keep fixing ourselves and making ourselves better i've had a shitty couple weeks with a lot of stress and different things going on but i'm here today and i'm doing this and as you can probably tell from my energy and how i'm talking right now i'm present Mm -hmm. 
and things are on the upswing, but once you've had a massive tower, it doesn't mean you're not going to have a tower again. You are going to have some shitty moments, some bad days, some bad weeks, and in some cases, just a few bad hours. But I mean, shit comes back around if you don't let it level you. Having a bad day doesn't mean you have a bad life. You know, I, I'm sitting here with my bad knee, and I'm going to get it fixed. It's going to be recreated. It's an area of opportunity, knee, okay? <laughs> it's working on itself. It's going to go to the body shop. <laughs> like like my car got hit, hit a couple weeks ago, and it's in the body shop. You know, shit happens. Life happens. But keep believing in who you are, believing in yourself. And all these people that want to see what I have to say every day, and I make those daily messages, not as much as I used to, but uh, they look forward to them. And I realize that people are actually looking up to me, where I used to look up to so many other people, and I've got to not, I don't know, do I, I not let people down, but believing in myself will help them believe themselves also. I think that's also dangerous territory where you need balance. Cause at one point, you know, I have my group, the tribe and you talked about maybe we should merge these two groups. And I was like, ah, the tribe is not for everybody. The tribe is for people that have bad days and pick themselves back up. And when you put out that positive energy, a lot of time you'll get energy vampires in the universe and they just are a source of negativity and shit's always falling apart <laughs> And they never know how to pick themselves back up. And then even if they do pick themselves back up, they have a new disaster 2.5 seconds later. Well, yeah, and like Gary John Bishop says, fuck positivity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love it when he says I, it. You know, I think, because I'm very, I think, um, fuck, like, bypassing everything else and only being positive all the time, right? Like, we have to acknowledge and accept that, like, terrible shit happens. You have to be okay. authentic. You're not, yeah, and but like, and you can just admit, like, hey, man, this sucks. It's not like, oh, let's look on the bright side. Like, no, this just fucking sucks. And I'm just let me let me have that. Let me have that. Okay, not saying that we won't be positive again, but it's you know. So I I think positivity and optimism is great. I think that also just like admitting things sucks and and being real and being realistic well, is also one, important the one thing i have i've had to learn is i'm not perfect i'm no gonna i'm gonna make mistakes i'm gonna piss people off mm -hmm. you know i've made bad choices in my life i'm you read the stuff that people sent after my last one and it tore me to the ground again because i'm like do i deserve this do i deserve to be doing this but you know what that's who I was. It's not who I am now. It's not who I want to be now. It's a daily struggle to fix myself. And regardless of where you're at, you struggle. He struggles. You struggle. Mm -hmm. Everybody struggles. It's one step at a time. That is my motto. One step at a time. Mm -hmm. Don't try to take three steps. Take one step at a time and fix what's in front of you right now. Yeah, and I don't think that you need to fix yourself. None of us need to fix ourselves. It is maybe just what you said, like fix the problem that you're maybe having. But you are not, you are, we are broken, but like be cool with it. It's fine, but you don't need fixing. You, nobody does. I've kind of gotten to the point where I hate labels like broken. Shit happens okay. and you got to come back from it. Man, I spent way too much valuable time telling myself I was broken or I had a shattered soul or this or that or trying to find a way to personify my grief and the shit I was going through. And all it did was let me stay at that lower vibration. It could also just be your perspective of the word broken. I guess with that, it's uh, kind of studying different like psychology modalities and things like that. It's within um, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, there's two fundamental rules um, within cognitive that um, all of cognitive behavioral therapy is based upon. That is rule number one, that nobody is truly broken. Nobody is beyond repair. And then number two is nobody goes forth with bad intentions. You know, I, 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 
I'm not, like I said, I'm not perfect. And I'm, people are going to hate me and stuff like that. But I have all these people over here that are supporting me, that want me to work, that want me to be better, that want me to succeed. But then I have these few people over here that want to keep me down and want me to do what they want to do and be how they want me to be. And I'm listening to these guys over here instead of looking at what all these wonderful people I have over here. Mm-hmm. Misery ask, loves company. Let me ask you this. Those people that are, we'll say, on the lower spectrum here, how present are they in your day-to-day life or existence? How much contact do you have with them? Lately, not much. All right. So they don't know who you are no. right now. They know who you were. Yeah. They know where you've been, but they don't know who you've become or are, are becoming. Yeah. And they refuse to see that change. Well, not everybody well, deserves to know who you are now. Exactly. Yeah. There are tons of people that know what a completely different version of me that'll never know who I am today. And they probably feel like I'm an asshole and they might still have a grudge against me. But at this point, they're not in my life. I'm not in theirs. And if they're still dwelling on ancient history, that's their fucking problem. Well, I, I realized one of the one thing, though, that happens when I fall to the ground. I have all these people wanting to help me up. But once I get up and fix and, and I'm working on myself and I'm doing so much better that I don't need them. They're kicking me, trying to knock me back down again. People want to see you do well, but not better than them. Yeah. And that's what... Which is like bullshit. Come on, guys. Like, let's all win. It's fine. It's not a competition. No, no. It's not a competition. I'm not trying to outdo somebody else. I'm not trying to be better than somebody else. I'm just trying to be better myself. Wow. No, I have something so awesome to say. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw this. It was one of my friends. She made like a reel and it, the, the audio, trying not to butcher it, but it was like, I don't think that I'm better than you. You think that I'm better than you. And that's why you're mad. It's because it's our own perceptions of other people that like piss us off. And it's like, not like you're sitting there trying. You're Like you said, no one is, there's no hierarchy. No one's better than anybody else. Right. But it's our perceptions that we make about ourselves. We're our own worst fucking enemies. We're like, oh, that person's got this, that, and I don't, so then I'm a piece of shit. Like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Oh, my God. Stop being so mean to yourself. <laughs> well, I forget who it was that said that, but they're like, something to the effect of, if you're looking at someone and there's just something about them that irritates you that you can't stand, that's usually because it's a reflection of something yeah. within yourself that that person is reflecting back at you and something within mm-hmm. yourself that you need to fix. We're all mirrors to each other. Yeah. We're all just giant mirrors. Like I admit, those are words that I need to take to heart sometimes because again, I can I can be judgy as fuck sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we all have that ability. We all can. You we know. like immediately judge people. Why? I don't... <laughs> Somebody says something on Facebook and we're just like, oh, look at that, look at that, look at that. <laughs> well, it, it like triggers something within us, right? Yeah. And I think that like so much of the, oh, I'm going to, is it okay if I take the mic go, for a go, second? Because <laughs> tr- people are running around the fucking world trying to, I'm triggered by this, I'm triggered by this, I'm going to avoid all triggers. Your triggers are your fucking responsibility. That is not the world's job to tiptoe around your ass. If you got triggers, guess what? It's an opportunity to heal it. Go figure out why the fuck it triggers you. Stop being mad at other people for just being who they are. Well, that's... <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to save this for our final one, but, you know, that's the problem with this whole transgender movement is so- certain people get pissed off because, well, they want their own bathrooms. They want this bathroom. They want that. They want to... They want to go into the men's room. I don't give a shit. If I got to take a shit, I'm going to go into whatever fucking restroom I got to go to. Don't, <laughs> I don't care what it is. Yeah, I don't care who's in there. If you want to watch me take a shit, that's on you. <laughs> I have gone to the, Have you ever done this, Celeste? Gone to the men's bathroom because the women's line is too long? Yes. <laughs> if you gotta go, you got. Who you cares? Go. The bathroom is not a place Always to. Always a line in the women's bathroom. It's so <laughs> annoying every time. Just however you identify, just wash your hands. Exactly. Yes, please wash your hands. I almost got into a fight at the uh, Hill Air Force Base Museum on their last open cockpit day. So we were in the back hangar where the more modern aircraft are, and my daughter had to go to the bathroom, and she's old enough to go potty by herself. Mm-hmm. 
And I went to the bathroom and I came out and she hadn't come out yet. And then I hear, hey, dad. And I'm like standing outside. I'm like, what's up? Can you come here? I'm like, well, open the door. What do you need? I can't reach the soap. I'm like, oh, okay. So I make sure I leave the door open because there's individual stalls in there. And I walk in there and the door is clearly open. And I reach in there and I pick her up. And she put soap on her hands and I put her down. And I said, okay, come out when you're done. As I'm going to turn around, this giant ass hand grabs my shoulder and says, what the fuck are you doing in there? And I said, my daughter needed help getting soap on her hands. My wife's in there. Congratulations. I'm not in here peeking around. As you notice, I left the door open. My daughter's right there. I picked her up. She put soap in her hands, and I was coming back out when you grabbed me. You can't fucking be in there. My wife's in there. You need to go find somebody else to help your daughter. You want me to have a stranger go into the bathroom with my daughter and help her? (laughs) And this dude, he was bigger than I am, not originally from this country, and he was looking like he was ready to square off with me, and my my heterosexual life mate, Seppi, was there. He looks at him. He's like, what the fuck is your problem? When he realized there was two of us, that's when he just kind of backed off and just kept glaring at me the rest of the day anytime he saw me. But I was just like, I, I swore at the dude. I was like, what the fuck is your issue, man? Well, I mean, like, I think it's, you know, understandable when you just, like, see a man coming out of the mm-hmm. women's restroom. And you're like, yeah, what are you doing? But, but when, you, when, when you explain. Well, and I was right in child, the open doorway. Yeah. Like, like you could see okay. my legs sticking out of the bathroom. I never went farther in. Again, perceptions. Yes. So... AJ, what do you feel like has been some of the key things in your rise? What has helped you the most? Learning to believe in who I am. That's a big one for sure. Uh, Learning to love myself. That is one of the hard ones. At least it was for me. It was very hard for me to figure that out, but it's been one of the most beneficial. And the one that is absolutely the hardest that I'm still trying to do, and it drives my wife nuts, is cutting out the noise cutting out the people who try to tear me down because they say something and I it will just <clears throat> knock me to the ground. I got to learn how to cut out the noise, cut out the static and listen to the people who actually believe in me because I have people in my life, I'm going to say my child just so I don't get in trouble by her, which she's him, them, when they listen to this, because I'm sure they will. But I have, they won't accept me for who I am. They say I'm a crappy father. I'm, I'm, a, I was never there. This and that, you know. But where are they? They're cutting me out. I'm not cutting them out. I invited them to do many things. Where are they? You know, I have these people like them that just want to put me down and put me down and put me down because everything that I was and not see what I'm trying to be when I, and then I have these other kids that my kids that live with me have at school that say, Hey, he's a cool dad. You know, my son, I'm taking a friend's, my friend's son home, uh, taking my son's friend home. And my son turns to his friend when we're stopped at a red light. Isn't my dad the bomb? My dad's so cool. She goes, I love your dad. He's like another dad to me. I'm like, why can't these people over here see this? You know, it's again, it's perceptions, you know. And I mean, I think we all like want to blame our parents, right? We're like, ah, you messed me up. Okay, well, they were doing the best they could with what they knew how to do at the time, right? Our parents have their own childhood shit that they're dealing with, and let's be real when we talk about like some ancestral, like how times were. I mean, I know it's like getting worse like somehow women have less rights than when my mom was a kid but um you know they had their own stuff right so they're healing humans too and i think like yeah okay we can sit here and place blame on our parents but at the end of the day it's still our responsibility yeah maybe it wasn't our fault that we had that experience but it's our responsibility to change it and so again back to perceptions and i think that you know don't take that to heart, remind yourself that you were doing the best you could, right? And you are working on making changes. You've been sitting here telling me all the changes that you're, all the things that you're doing. And it's freaking awesome. And, you know, it's up to your, your, everyone's in their own life raft, right? This is one of the best things that I've ever been told. And, um, but we're all in our own life raft. We all have the ability to create whatever kind of life we want. 
And you can't, especially with kids, I mean, when they're first born, you know, they're maybe not on their own. They're like tethered, <laughs> like tied, you know, tied tubes together. But um, it is, you have to kind of let them go and figure it out and not try to control the situation. And we can't control someone else's perceptions. They have to be the one to come in and change that. They're them. I am me. I've done what I did and I can't change it. All we can do is move on to the future. If I sat here and hold, held a grudge against my mother for the rest of her life, then that's on me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not changing me. She's going to be who she wants to be. There's nothing I can do about it. I've got to work on me. And that, if that's putting boundaries to where I can't have a relationship with my mother because that's a toxic relationship, then that's what I've got to do. Boundaries, got to set them. Very important. Why did they not teach us this shit in school? I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking God. refund. You're talking about the fucking Pythagorean theorem that I can't even remember. They want you to add A plus B equals C, so. Boundaries does not make you a good working person, comrade. <laughs> they don't tell They don't, like, teach us how to, like, balance a checkbook. Like, there's so much stuff that I wish I had been taught in school. And people are like, oh, well, that's the parent's responsibility. Really, is it because, I mean, yes, to an extent, but at the same time, Who like... taught the parents? Yeah. <laughs> like, I still remember, like, PEMDAS and, like you said, the Pythagorean theorem, or the... It's like so hard to the, say. The, the, <laughs> kingdom, <laughs> yeah, it was the, what was it, Kingdom Phylum Order Class Genus Species. I remember but that? I didn't, but I didn't start learning emotional intelligence till my late 30s. Because really what school is, is like, can you comprehend this information that maybe you're going to use, maybe not, probably not. Uh, can you comprehend it and then pass a test? Like, I wish I could remember the, the author, but there, um, I guess this is probably another topic for maybe another episode entirely. But um, there is a guy who wrote a book that's entirely about the lessons that we actually learn in school. And ultimately, we don't really learn much valuable through primary schooling it's all about we learn that any deviation from the norm will be punished unless it is exploitable mm. like you learn you'll learn conformity you'll learn the crowd mentality and and you learn to have like your creative spirit completely crushed so aj do you feel like Things have leveled out, or are you still kind of on that rise? I honestly, I'm. I don't want to level out because I always want to be rising. Fair you know, enough. You know, there's a, a motivational speech that always gets me going, and I can't remember. I think it was David Goggins that said it. But once you climb a mountain, climb a bigger mountain. Keep going keep climbing keep making yourself better don't settle keep going and yes absolutely and to that i also think it is important to not always be focused on the next mountain you just climbed a fucking mountain sit there and like soak it in for a second before you get to the next one enjoy the view a little bit i used to be so hard at letting myself relax oh same i same, would man. beat myself I up preaching to the choir <laughs> Oh, believe me, I want to get back to work right now. Listen, <laughs> man, you and me. <laughs> All right, AJ, what else would you like to add to your rise story? I just want people to look inside themselves and not point fingers at others. If you have a problem, fix it your damn self. You can ask for help don't be afraid to ask for help because somebody else might have the answer that you're looking for and can help you with that answer but look inside yourself first don't blame this person because you're having bad relationships or this person because you can't find a relationship or this person because you can't do what you want fix yourself first if you want to blame your past fix your past Fix what you need to fix inside of you first before you start blaming others. Mic I like drop. it. <laughs> <laughs> Ariel, anything you want to add to this? 
I mean, there's so many things that I could add, but I just love it. You know, I think that, um, yes, absolutely. Like stop putting people or other, like anything outside of yourself on this like high ass pedestal thinking like, oh, that person has the answers. That person can fix me. No, we all have the ability to heal ourselves. There's a book by Gabby Bernstein. It's called You Are Your Own Guru, I think. Um, and you are. You really are. We all have the answers within us. And yes, you can ask for help. And there are people who have done things that you want to do. So go ask those people how they fucking did it. So then you don't have to waste a bunch of time figuring it out. Like, you know, but know that you don't need anything outside of yourself in order to create whatever the fuck you want in life and whoever you want to become. It's already within you. I think asking for help and guidance is a lot different than being like, hey, would you do this for me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, it's a group do... project, but I don't want to participate. You're, <laughs> if you're not willing to do it yourself, yeah. then, I mean, I'll help anybody that needs help as long as they're helping themselves. Mm. Exactly. If they're not helping themselves, I'm not doing the damn work for you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why people, you know, just because you hired a coach doesn't mean you're going to get results. Yeah. Like, you have to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jeff Afar? Well, and I guess that's an area where I got to I, I got to give props to my fiance here for giving me perspective in this area, especially when, you know, working within the spiritual metaphysical realm. It's I would keep coming across challenges to where it would be a I think I'm out of my depth. I need to find some help. I need to find a guru, somebody who knows what they're doing, to come in and uh, and teach me what I need to know. Now. When you get into the metaphysical community, when you go searching for a guru, guess what you're going to find? A lot of quackery. <laughs> a, a bunch of bullshit. Well, there are people in the spiritual community that do prey on people. And, like, listen, I think Tony Robbins, I've listened to a lot of his stuff, but he actually has, like, multiple lawsuits against him because oh, he has taken advantage of people. He charges a lot of freaking money. Well, it's not even just that. It's like sexual stuff. So oh, like, oh, <laughs> like it's, you know, you do have to be so care. And it's so, it pisses me off because I'm like, why are you ruining the spiritual community? Like, don't be an asshole. That's why I got my fucking so, sticker. But I guess kind of like reeling it back to like, you know, but yeah, in these kind of situations, you know, I, you know, have Celeste here, you know, giving me some perspective. She's like, okay, you're like, you keep trying to find like these gurus, like a mentor or, you know, somebody that knows what they're doing, and all you're doing is, you know, finding a bunch of quacks and and weirdos. And she's like, you need to learn to trust your own intuition. You yes. need to, like, the, the answers that you are looking for are already there within. You just mm -hmm. have, you have to trust yourself. So you have to be your own weirdo. Yeah, you have to be. <laughs> Yeah, be your, there, there we go. That, that should be like, you know, we should put that on a t-shirt or something like that. Be your own, <laughs> should. Be your own weirdo. But yeah, it. it's, but you know, that whole like, be your own, be your own guru. It's mm -hmm. the answer, you know, the answers are already within. You just yeah. have to, well, that that's that whole introspection, vulnerability thing that we all struggle with and like having to do that like deep dive and do all the, the shadow work and stuff to really like, Un unveil all of those answers that you're really looking for and it's really really like a dirty nasty process and most people never ever get that far yeah we gotta just gotta we gotta accept all parts of us our light and our darkness it's okay it's nothing to be ashamed of okay like it's fine just be cool with it and then once you once you make friends with it and it's great and then when people try to bring up your past it's like trying to rob a house that you don't fucking live in anymore <laughs> <laughs> like i don't care if you rob my old house i don't fucking live there Fuck out of here, you weirdo. I'm going to call the cops. <laughs> I, uh, I always like to add this because I don't think it gets said enough. But if you live the same shit, different day life, you're going to have the same shit every day. Yes. That's the definition of insanity. So if you are living a life that you are not happy with and you are going home from work every day, microwaving at dinner and sitting in front of the TV and watching 13 episodes of Netflix before you fall asleep with a fork in your hand and you're unhappy with life, you're going to have to change those habits. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, watch Netflix, just watch better, like, more informational shit. I don't care if you want to watch Netflix and heat up a dinner, but, like, expand your mindset, you know? if that's you all know? you're doing in the evening is going home moping, eating, and bitching, mm -hmm. then that's all you're going to get is eating, bitching, and moping. I'm yeah. feeling a little bit picked on right now. I mean, anybody else do this thing where they, they watch episodes of My 600-Pound Life while, like, eating an entire Little Caesars pizza? Listen, <laughs> that show makes me feel better about myself. I also love to watch Cops. 
Because I'm like, well, at least I'm not on caps. I know my rights. <laughs> I know my rights. <laughs> I got my liquor sickle. I'm good. <laughs> I did have one. And somebody stole it. <laughs> We're still looking for it, by the way. <laughs> if only we'd have a reunion with you and that liquor sickle. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. It's, I mean, they... they they like murder. They maul your shit. You know. Yeah. They chop it, make it look completely different. Fucking bastard. No rider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Rest in peace. <laughs> Pieces. All right. I kind of feel like we're getting towards the end of your ride yes, story, yes. AJ. Uh, yes. Is there anything else you need to express on this episode? Uh Not really. Not that I can think of. I need to tell myself to keep going. Yes. Keep moving. I think my advice for you would be that there is a block button on social media for a reason. Mm, <laughs> yes. Actually, I want, I'm sorry. I wanted to curate, like, say something about that. We can all curate our own feeds, right? Mm -hmm. So, again, if you're doom, doom scrolling and you're seeing a bunch of shit that you don't like, that's your own fault. Go look at other stuff. Like, the algorithm will pick up on what you're focused on. So, if you're focusing on pot, my, I'd never get burnt out from social media because it's all shit that I love seeing. I'm like, fuck yeah, show me more. Yay, I love all this. <laughs> so I don't, you know, and I live, I mean, my business is primarily run on social media and like that is the nature of my business. I share a lot of my life and I don't get, I just don't, I don't get like sucked into it to where I'm like comparing myself. So I think it is again, like people want to say social media is so bad. Yeah, I do think you should get the fuck outside, get off your phone, go interact with real people. And just follow shit that you actually care about instead of people that suck and are also miserable. Fuck them. Or focus on stuff that you like instead of the stuff that you hate. Yeah. Yours. I kind of wanted to add this. Um, this was like my teenage song, and this is where I was <laughs> mentally at. Oh, where, where are we going, and, teenage uh, bishop? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody remember the song Be Like That by Three Doors Down? Oh, I think so. I'm terrible with names, so I'd have to hear it, but I think so. Because of copyrights, I can't play the song, but I'm reading just the first couple lyrics of it. Um, and this was like, I would go and I would listen to the song on repeat, and I would always feel this way. But he spends his night in California watching the stars on the big screen, and then he lies awake and he wonders, why can't that be me? Yeah, I know what's Because mm -hmm. in his life, he's filled with all these good intentions. He's left a lot of things he'd rather not mention right now. Just before he says goodnight, he looks up a little smile at me and he says, if I could be like that, well, I would give anything just to live one day in those shoes. If I could be like that, what would I do? What would I do? I, as a kid, never had value in myself. So I saw the other popular kids around me and the ones that I felt like were doing better. And that was how I felt. Why can't I be like this person? Why can't I be like that person? Why am I me? How many people are looking up to you saying, why can't I be like him? And I just, I never had the ability to put those mental pieces together that I could be whatever the fuck I wanted to be. But I spent so much time obsessed with trying and wishing I could be somebody else other than me that I never put the work into myself as a kid. Mm -hmm. So for anybody out there struggling with self-worth and doom scrolling or listening to shit like that all the time, you're fucking worth it. You just got to do the work. Believe in you who you are. Believe in yourself. Yes. Take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Preach. All right, guys. Are we ready to call this a wrap on this episode? Yeah. Wrap it up. All right. Anybody else want to add anything else? I got nothing. All right. Well, thank you for uh, listening to The Rise of AJ. We are going to call this episode Dunzo. And then uh, right after this, we're recording the final episode of this season. Ooh. Now, some people have gotten hung up on the final episode words. Um, I don't feel like I'm done with this. Jeff, are you done? Am I done with what? The, the podcast? No, I'm not done with the podcast. All right, all right. Some people were worried that, like, you know, we were saying final episode, and they're like, is it over? <laughs> <laughs> just the final episode of the no, series. No, it's just the final episode of the season. We're like, well, you can go and doing a different theme and stuff, and... You know, figuring out what we're doing. There's there's probably going to be costumes involved. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's go. Wait, are we moving on to OnlyFans? <laughs> no, no. We're, we're, yeah, let, let, let's not do that. <laughs> not today.
We might make more money that way since our Listen, monetization of this make, podcast look, is zero dollars. People make look, look so us, much money. Look at us, Bishop. I think you know they'd, they'd pay us to keep our clothes on. That's a genius idea. I'm in. <laughs> 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 it's $5 to, rescind, or to receive a dick pic, and it is 25 not to. <laughs> <laughs> I just killed Ariel. <laughs> I love it. As she rolls her eyes. <laughs> my Venmo information is on my all my links, which can be found on my Instagram, badbishop801. <laughs> None of y'all are going to heaven. <laughs> That's not what the people from the NBA said when they were here. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, all right. We are going to call this in a wrap. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we look forward to recording this next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.